It's Wednesday, May 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. How are you holding up with not nearly enough coffee? <laughs> you know, I've, I've got enough in me to get through the early part of the show. I just don't have very much once we get to about the minute three or four mark. Well, strap in. We're going to aim for our first hour-long market foolery. No, we're not. No, <laughs> that's the that's the sound. The death knell. This is the final episode. That's the sound. The finale. Of what are you going to do for the finale? Dozens of listeners saying oh, you should have a season finale every year, like a little cliffhanger thing. I I don't uh, no. No, that's, that's, not, that's not how this works. That's not. You're confusing podcasts with television and, with entertainment. Right, sure. exactly. Um, this is news. This is this is more like journalism. They wouldn't do that on on CNN. Right, exactly. There's no cliffhangers on CNN. This is more like CNN than Game of Thrones. You're saying. Um, you know what? If you don't let me start the topics, this is going <laughs> to be. Might a, go this is going to be a whole lot more like Game of Thrones than you hope. Because <laughs> uh, we do have some news. We've got some earnings from Target. Uh, we've got a very surprising story from the Wall Street Journal. But let's start with Lowe's. We hit Home Depot yesterday. Lowe's today, and Lowe's shares hitting an all-time high after first quarter profits came in higher than expected, and for the first time in six years. Lowe's same store sales were higher than Home Depot's, and you know what? Good for them because there there was a stretch, not recently, but there was a stretch where Lowe's was pretty steadily outperforming Home Depot, and over the last five six years, that's been the reverse. But uh, this is a hell of a quarter. Well, I mean, to go back to my first digression today, (laughs) this should have this this episode should have had previouslys. You know, previously, previously on, on market, market foolery, market foolery yeah. we talked about Home Depot, and you could have like some clips from yesterday's talk, and so that re, you know listeners would be caught up on where we are. Now we just have to go back and do it ourselves. Yeah, Home Depot, good report yesterday, but the stock was down because not quite as good as uh, was ex- expected, on, at least on the same store sales, and. Um, that was yesterday's home Home Depot lows today, an even better number in two ways. One, uh, so Home Depot came in a little bit light on comps yesterday. The stock was down a little bit. Lowe's also came down a little bit because the market figured, well, if, if Home Depot is not getting it done uh, to the degree that we thought they would, and and these are all positive numbers for for the home uh, sector that we're talking about, which is very much going to be different um, from retail when we get to that. Um, but Lowe's coming in both ahead of Home Depot itself uh, on comps, as you mentioned, for the first time in a long time, uh, and ahead of not just what was expected, but the expectations had been lowered uh, after yesterday's episode in which we saw Home Depot not quite get a red wedding kind of <laughs> takedown, but you know, 2%. Where is Lowe's as a stock right now in terms of the valuation because one of the things it's at an all-time high more or less <laughs> but in terms of like is this a pricey stock cuz one of the points Tim made yesterday was look this Home Depot is a pretty richly valued stock this is a stock that has done very well over the last 5 years and the shares reflect that so even though it was a good quarter for Home Depot even though they raised guidance it still wasn't the picture of perfection that would warrant the stock going a little bit higher. And I'm wondering if, when you look at Lowe's, you say it's about the same situation, or the fact that it has slightly trailed Home Depot. It has really been 
in Home Depot's shadow ever so slightly over the last five years. And so, because of that, maybe it's a little bit cheaper on the valuation side. Well, it's it, it's about half the size market cap uh, of Home Depot, and it's still trading at, at a high twenties multiple. So, that's not cheap. Uh, on the other hand, the expectations are that by next year it's only looking at like uh, about a seventeen times next year's earnings. So there are there a few one-time items in the the trailing twelve months. So. If you just look at the next 12 months and you assume that all of the goodness that is expected for this company uh, is going to materialize over the next two years, really, because when I talk about next year's earnings, I'm talking about the, the year that ends January 18. Um, if, if you're willing to wait for all that, typically expectations that analysts have are that every company is going to grow earnings every year. And if you're looking two years forward, it's grown on top of the growth that is already assumed for the next 12 months. So, that's a fair amount of optimism. Housing market has been very strong. I think that optimism is warranted uh, in a lot of ways, as long as you assume that interest rates are going to remain not necessarily as low as they are today, because they don't need to stay that low. But, you know, at the, the sort of historic lows that they're hovering around, if that continues to be the case, the U.S. home market would probably be pretty good. Do you go to Home Depot when you need that type of stuff, or or do you go to Lowe's? Or I've, been, or, I've never been in a Lowe's. You know, okay, is there one not near your home? I don't know. Okay, I've never been. Okay, maybe. Well, I could look it up. I, I've been to Home Depot several times. Not much lately. Uh, there, there haven't been huge missions, so I just go to the sort of the local hardware store, which is definitely a bit pricier, but uh, has good selection. So that's what I've been doing. Do you get help when you go to the hardware store? Or oh, no. Or are you handy enough where you just walk in and you're like, I know what I need, I'm good? I, I wouldn't say that I'm handy enough to know what I need, but I don't ask for help. <laughs> Why? Do you? That's one of the reasons I go to Home Depot, is I know that there's, there are much smarter people working there than me, and they're going to help me with whatever I need. Well, I know there are much smarter people virtually any store I go into, but I, I can't remember ever asking for help. Oh, I'm just, I, I fit into that stereotype. Okay. <laughs> Comfortably, <laughs> comfortably. Uh, so, had, if anybody's out there thinks you know that I need help in their store, I probably do. Yeah, I just <laughs> will will tell you I don't. The answer is yes. Um, it has been more than seven years since Target's stock has dropped more than seven percent in a single day, and I'm sorry to report that that streak is now over because shares were down more than ten percent earlier this morning after first quarter sales for Target came in lower than expected. And the guidance for Q2 wasn't pretty. And you know, last week we saw this with Kohl's and Macy's. And can we just can we just say that any general reach, excuse me, any general retailer not named Amazon, is um, uh, a little bit hampered right now? Because that's certainly the way it's looking. Yes, yes, we can say that. They they need to be doing something which is not uh, general retailing. Uh, the home retailers, whether it's it's Lowe's or, or Home Depot or uh, Tractor Supply, which I've talked about here before uh, ad nauseum, uh, they're all doing fine. So it it really needs to be something that people do not yet associate with availability on Amazon, uh, because it, although Target's quarter was not the quarter that is already in the books was not that bad. Same store sales were up. Uh, but they're indicating that the start of the second quarter is is going to be negative, and part of that's got to do with weather. Um, 
one should always be a little skeptical when the weather excuses trotted out, but it hasn't been nice spring weather. No. No. Not here. Maybe somewhere in this country. I don't know. Uh, so that's been a, that's been a thing. Uh, Easter moves some sales from normal second quarter into first quarter. It, it travels across that line every year. Um, so that's part of it but really the indications from the report this morning were the you know sort of look out below on the second quarter i feel like brian cornell has done a a very good job with target in his relatively short tenure as ceo so i i look at target and i think well i Target doesn't strike me in part because of their size, in part because of Cornell's leadership. I don't look at this company as being as necessarily challenged as a Kohl's or a J.C. Penney, but it's really easy to just sort of look at all of those general retailers because they're all putting up basically the same numbers, and they're they're all disappointing. Yeah, uh, even even the good ones, uh, even something like uh, you know L Brands, which has Nordstrom. Uh, yeah, it really doesn't matter who you mention at this point. They're all suffering. So, Target's in that group and is maybe at the the higher range of that group, but the whole group has been pulled down. The stock was already weak uh, going into this report compared to where it had been. It was, uh, you know, close to eighty five back in in uh, way back in April, uh, and and was. Little bit below 75 going into today. Now it's 67. So it, 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 the stock had already understandably reacted to the news from everywhere else. And Target has kind of put a number out there, which is now, now affecting everybody else in turn. There, there are a lot of other companies that are today coming down in the wake of sort of the most recent data on are people going to the malls again yet here in, in, you know, May. And the answer is no, and that's. I mean, not people are right. I mean, we're talking millions of people do, but if things start softening by one or two percent across the board, and you start multiplying that out a little bit, and get even more enthusiastic about what Amazon will do next, then you start getting worried about what the next chapter is going to be. Well, and I think that's what. I think that's why we're seeing the reaction with Target today. I'm almost out of coffee, so we're going to need to <laughs> kind of speed this up. Believe me, the listeners are thinking the same exactly. thing. Exactly. Um, I think that's that's why we're seeing the reaction. Part of why we're seeing the reaction today with Target is because they've had a good run up to this point, and I think there were people last week looking at Macy's and Kohl's and and even Nordstrom in the Gap and saying, "Well, just wait till next week when Target reports." And so, in a way, that's a little bit. Of you know what's scary about what we're seeing. Let's move on to Church and Dwight. It is the parent company of consumer product brands like Arm and Hammer, First Response, Origel, and Trojan. Shares spiked this morning. I think they spiked about twenty percent on the rumor that Church and Dwight was going to be bought out by Procter and Gamble and Durex. I'm assuming that that rumor has been quelled because the shares have dropped back down almost to where they. Closed yesterday, still up a little bit, but this is a company you're familiar with. Yep. Is if you're Procter and Gamble, does it make sense to to go out and and buy Church and Dwight? I feel like Procter and Gamble. One of the narratives we've seen from that company over the past five six years is they're getting smaller. They've been shedding some of their brands. So when I first 
when you first sent this to me, my first thought was, well, wait a minute, that I'm not sure why Procter and Gamble would look to go out and and get a hold of a lot more brands. I'm not sure either. It, it's a rumor that definitely took some people uh, by surprise uh, after hours yesterday before opening today, as you mentioned, the stock was up uh, in very thin trades in, in the pre-market uh, by 20 to even 30 percent, uh, which is crazy for for a rumor which has got no, you know, there's there's nothing out there in print. Uh, it's apparently a rumor went around uh, directs, and it, it wasn't even complete enough to um, specify exactly whether directs would be taking Trojan, Procter and Gamble, everything else, or or what. So speculation led some people to make bad decisions, seemingly uh, pre market, and they've suffered the consequences of a few people having bought a few shares at thirty uh, percent more than they needed to if they had waited for the market to open, but. It's a great company, great long-term uh, shareholder reward story. We do own it um, downstairs, uh, and um, unfortunately, haven't owned it for ten or fifteen years because that's it's been a phenomenal performer. I was going to say, I think if you're a shareholder of Church and Dwight, you're you're not looking to see the company get acquired because you can pick your time frame. One, two, five, ten years. This is a market-beating stock. So yeah, and and it's. Uh, Really, it hasn't had a negative year in the last at, at least ten years, including 2008, 2009. Still, was a positive performer. I think it's a very it's it's not cheap at the moment. We're talking about something that's going for over thirty uh, multiple. So, in that sense, it would make some sense to cash in on the market valuing this company very richly already. But it's it's just a rumor that's out there. Before we wrap up uh, with our final story, uh, two quick notes. Uh, first, it's a short week for us here on Market Foolery because, as I mentioned yesterday, as Tim and I talked about, we've got Fool Fest Thursday and Friday. We've got about 700 members coming in here to Alexandria. And one of those members is on the other side of the glass with our man Dan Boyd, John Swindell, one of our Motley Fool One members visiting from the Granite State, down from the Granite State. Sadly, he didn't bring any maple syrup with him, because that's one of the things I know about John, is that- Is that um, why you invited him? That's not, no, that's not why I invited him. Um, I, I would like- People are allowed to visit and not bring anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And John has-, has It's pre- uncommon, no. but, but it's permitted. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's completely common. John had previously sent some- uh, maple syrup because he's uh, on his property in New Hampshire. You know he, that's that's one of the things he does. And I got to say, it's phenomenal just because stuff. he's from New Hampshire. You mean like everyone does that? I'm saying you you can do that in New Hampshire. You're less likely to do that in say Arizona. Not a lot of people with with property in Arizona are saying, you know, I'm going to tap me some maple syrup. Did, did you? Is this something you went out and did like after school growing up in Maine? No, no. Did, didn't have that kind of property. No. Um, our final story. I'm not sure how I feel about this. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that America has an oversupply problem, and in this case, the oversupply is cheese. The steady rise in the U.S. dollar has deterred international buyers, causing supply levels to rise as U.S. dairy production also continues to rise. This is projected to be a record year, 2016, for milk production in the United States. and. I think, among other things, we all here in America need to start eating a lot more cheese. 
Yeah, according to the story, three three pounds more per person this year. I can do that to clear to clear the market of the excess cheese. You can do that. Sure. Can you get enough people on your team to help out with this? Because not everyone is a fan of cheese. Not everyone. Some people are lactose intolerant. So some of yeah. us. Some have to have more. Right. <laughs> right. You're going to have to sign up for more than three pounds. I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to step up. And see what I can do to and 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 by the way, I'm I'm looking forward to sharing this uh, news uh, at in, in my home. Look, we got to start having a lot more pizza, a lot more queso. You can just go to Whole Foods, say, uh, which is close here, close yeah. by here. Say, I hear you got too much cheese. What what kind of a deal can we do? What, yeah, cut me a deal. Cut me a deal. We should be. Don't like- pretend you don't have too much cheese, and then you bring the journal article in with you, yeah. and then just start pointing at it. Look. I'm willing to buy more cheese now, but you're going to cut me a deal. Otherwise, I'm I'm going to walk out. I'm going to take my cheese buying business elsewhere. Any uh, I think local we could, cheese shop. I think we can all do this. Any local cheese shop. Any local cheese shop. They're they're the ones really. They've got no diversification, right? That's true. There are a couple here in Alexandria, little local cheeseries or whatever one calls them. Yeah, yeah. Any you'd like to recommend? Uh, cheese Teak in Delray. Yeah. And of course, in Washington D.C., La Cheeserie. That's a great name. Both both are strong names. But yeah, I hadn't thought about that before. I mean, because I was I, from a business standpoint, I just went immediately to the dairy farmers, and I thought, gosh, if you're a dairy farmer, this is this is a legitimate problem for you. I didn't then take it one step further to the cheese shop owners and say, wow, you've got you better diversify into say meats. Well, but uh, so the demand is still there for the cheese. They're actually probably buying their cheese for less, right? Cuz the problem is not that people here aren't eating enough cheese, it's that we're not able to export enough because of the strong dollar. So we got all uh, the Americans still buying their local cheese with strong dollars and and there's too much cheese to go around. So the cheese shops are able to Access uh, cheese for less. You may be able to get a good price there too because of that. Do you think the Monty Python classic skit, The Cheese Shop, is available on YouTube? I saw, so I, I think that the, it, only if somebody's loaded it recently because there is a copyright stuff there. I don't think that, that uh, those are permitted by the Monty Python brand where they've found them. One of the all-time great Monty Python skits. One of the great ones. Also, yeah. uh, I believe the, the some of John Cleese's best work. Yes, your friend John Cleese. My friend. <laughs> you say that just because I bumped into him once on, in in London. He's more, and he didn't recognize me. That's you know that's all, that's surprising. <laughs> that's surprising. Um, you were saying big guy. I mean, he looks like a big guy, but yes. Well, I think in the silly walk thing, we are shown just how long his legs are. Yeah. Right, that's part of the the quality of that skit. He's six five at least. Yeah, easily. But he's a big six five. What does that mean? I don't. Isn't <laughs> six five is six five? It's a finite height. No, that's not true. <sighs> wow, we're we're really at the end of this episode. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.